What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Going That Is podcast presented by ImmaculateSports.com. Twitter's at Immac Sports. Instagram is also at Immac Sports. TikTok, YouTube, Immaculate Sports. It's episode 85. A lot to talk about. Usual baseball, basketball, but halftime, it's all about the draft. This Thursday, the NFL draft. Very excited for that one. Yeah, also be wary for our draft recap. Uh, mm-hmm. Probably going to be on Friday when that comes up. Uh, so keep your eyes and ears peeled for that, I guess. First round grades. Yeah, but without further ado, let's get into the opener, Skylar. What was the best thing that you saw from this past week? All right. I, uh, I got to see something in person for the first time in a while here. Went to the A's game. They got crushed by the Rangers. Um, but it was great to see some of the young guys we've been watching on TV, Christian Pache, Nick Gallen. They did their thing, didn't score a lot of runs, but they were making some flashy plays. So I'll take it. Yeah, definitely being at the ballpark is good. It's just good. It's as simple as that. Uh, Favorite thing that I saw over this past week was Miguel Cabrera becoming the seventh member of the 3000 hit and 500 Homer club. Uh, I can't name all seven guys off the top of my head right now, but very prestigious club in the MLB uh, and seeing Miggy get his 3000th hit uh, Saturday morning was, was pretty cool to see. Obviously him doing it in Detroit is pretty cool as well. Cause to be in front of all those fans that have been with him over these past 10 years or so, since he came over from Miami but just a cool moment in general. And anytime when we see somebody get their 3000s hit, I have to be watching that game. And uh, it's going to be quite a while. Other than Pujols yeah. in a while. Yeah, it's going to be quite a while that we see the next Mr. 3000. We'll talk more about that here in a little bit. It's episode 85. Who is your favorite number 85? I came up with a pretty obvious one here for mine. Yeah, I mean, when I think of number 85, there's uh, one guy who seems to keep popping into my mind. It's Chad Ochocinco from Oregon State, the receiver. Very flashy guy. (laughs) Yeah, I went with a wide receiver named Chad Johnson. Uh, I think that's a pretty good guy there. Something just feels like he's connected to to number 85. Mm -hmm. Maybe maybe enough to make it his name. Absolutely. For Immaculate Sports Player of the Week, pretty obvious here. It went with Miggy. So, yeah, obviously had the biggest moment. There wasn't any crazy game winners in the NBA playoffs. I know Joel Embiid had a big game winner, but that does not amount to the same amount of energy that Miguel Cabrera's 2000 hit created. So, we went with Miggy as Immaculate Sports Player of the Week. Yeah. On to the team reports. I don't have much for the Raiders. Skyler, what do you got for the Jets? I know this is going to be a big week for you guys. Yeah, well, obviously Debo Samuel uh, has been in some some talks here the past week, and a lot of people thought maybe maybe some smokescreen, maybe they would hold on to him. John Lynch said yesterday, there's no way we're trading him. But now, today we are hearing they're listening to offers because they're so disgruntled with Debo Samuel. So that should be interesting. Obviously, the Jets would be uh, – one of the top teams to trade there since they need a receiver and they have a whole bunch of picks. Uh, yeah. So for the draft, they're going to be targeting all defense pretty much and probably a receiver too. Yeah. As far as Debo goes, it's, it's a pretty interesting situation and we don't have it really at all on our schedule this week. Cause we just didn't 
really know where to make room for that. But, I mean, Debo's situation is very, very weird, especially for the Niners more than it is weird for him because they pretty much have to trade him this week before Thursday if they actually – Get the most amount of value. Want to trade him because I don't really see a good situation where they go ahead and just trade for future picks as in like a a year from now type picks. So, I mean, maybe they can get a a pick from you guys or whoever it may be. I know obviously here in the Niner fans around the Bay Area, they want more than what Debo is actually worth. So that's interesting. But how that all plays out is going to be very interesting to watch. Uh, as far as Raiders go, we don't have that wide receiver drama. Devontae Adams and all the guys have been pulling up to volunt- or yeah, voluntary workouts. So that's always good to see. There's been some smoke with uh, Darren Waller saying that the Packers are trying to pursue him. That was just one beat writer from the Green Bay trying to, I don't know, get in our heads for us taking yeah, the Yeah, I want to pursue receiver. him too. So, I mean, 31 teams probably want Darren Waller, and uh, that's not really saying much. So, he's going to be a Raider. Derek Carr even said that there's no chance that they trade him. So, I know Derek Carr's not the GM, but when your QB is saying that, that usually means he's not going anywhere. On to the spotlight. Let's go the way we want to spotlight this week. I see a little bit of that fan-controlled football. Yeah, man. Fan-controlled football. Terrell Owens, the 48-year-old Hall of Famer, is playing in this league, and his quarterback is the Heisman Trophy winner, Johnny Manziel. Uh, they got crushed last week by the Glacier Boys, 42-6. to six. But Manziel uh, did target T.O. four times for about 75 yards and a near touchdown. There's some weird rules. I was watching the clip. I guess T.O., uh, he didn't step out of bounds, but he held on to the sideline. It's kind of like an arena football sideline. He held on too long, so it didn't count as a touchdown, but... Some interesting stuff to, uh, I think it's safe to say, legends playing together. Yeah, it, definitely legends when it comes to that. Uh, for my spotlight, I went to game five of the Raptors versus Philadelphia 76ers series. Well, the series is 3-0. Kind of expected maybe Philly to lose a game and then maybe take it at home, whatever it is. Sweeps are tough. I mean, I know Boston swept uh, Brooklyn, but... Usually they don't happen that often, but this game five kind of scared me for the Sixers. I mean, I look at the score of this game, they lose by 15 points. I think it was. Uh, and I, you know, I thought maybe somebody on the Raptors went ham, like maybe Pascal Siakam dropped 40 or Gary Trent had one of those games where he shoots and makes eight threes or whatever it was. I'm looking at the box score. Pascal Siakam led the game in scoring of 23. The Raptors just played better than the Sixers, and the Sixers had Embiid, who only had 20 points. Harden only had 15 and 7. They just didn't get enough from the big guys here, and that kind of concerns me because what you want is to be the exact opposite in the playoffs where you have these big guys going ham. And uh, I'm not saying that the Sixers are going to choke this, but if this becomes the first time that a team blows a 3-0 lead, I would not be a hundred percent shocked. Wow. Let's go ahead and get to where's your head at. Starting off with the player pitcher and rookie of the week, just like we do pretty much every week uh, when baseball season is going on. So first off, who is your player of the week, Skyler? My player of the week has got to be Ty France here. I know there were a lot of guys in contention here, but 13 for 23, that's a 565 average. 
three homers, 10 RBIs, and he helped my bet a lot this week with the, the Mariners sweep in Kansas City. So got to go with Ty France. Yeah, I also went to Ty France. He had a very big weekend, especially against Kansas City. He had five hits one night and then three the next time, I'm pretty sure it was. So just eight hits over two days alone is a great week stats. And I threw in a couple hits throughout the week as well. Besides that, and even another home run too. So Ty France is ended up going to be both of our player of the week. And yeah. I believe we're probably going to have the same pitcher and maybe even rookie of the week here. Is your pitcher of the week, Walker Bueller? Yeah. First complete game shutout since September, 10 Ks, no walks. Uh, he's pretty locked in right now, and the Dodgers are looking scary. Yeah, Dodgers are always looking scary, of course, and Walker Buehler, when he's on, he's unhittable, and he was showing that last night against the D-backs. On to Rookie of the Week. I'm not sure if we'll have the same year. I went with Mackenzie Gore from San Diego. Six innings, no runs, seven Ks against Cincinnati. Just uh, another guy stepping up in the factory of arms there in San Diego. I went with Joe Ryan for mine. I think Dalton Jeffries is another guy that can go ahead and be inserted into this group as well, where they all went six innings, shut out pretty much. And so Joe Ryan, Dalton Jeffries, Mackenzie Gore, whoever really want to throw in there is a good answer. That takes us to who will be the next Mr. 3000 Skyler. We're not going to see one for a while. There's only a few mm-hmm. players that have 2,000 hits in them will be that are active right now, and they are all like 38 years old. So those guys aren't really in contention to get 3,000. Who do you think will be the next Mr. 3,000? I think the best odds right now, it's got to be Manny Machado. He's got over 1,400 hits. He's 28 years old. Um, he's above the pace for getting to 3,000 for his age. Um, he hasn't been hurt in about three years now. And he started off on fire this year. Uh, so Manny Machado has got to be my pick here. I think some other guys who are above the line, Ozzy Albies, Rafael Devers, Juan Soto, Vlad Jr., and Wander Franco. And that's it. Other than that, we probably won't see anybody for at least 10 years crack this yeah. margin. Uh, a possible guy is Jose Altuve as well. He's he's right around that threshold where he's got like 1,500-something hits or something like that. A little bit more, I'm pretty sure. Uh, but he's only got probably another six years of really good baseball in him. So we'll see how far that gets him. I went with Juan Soto as my answer, though. I think Manny Machado, I don't know how long he's going to play. You know, I think it's you got to ask these guys to play to their year 40 season, and I could see a Machado maybe fizzling out 36, 37 once his contract is up with the Padres, however long that ends up going. Uh, but Juan Soto, out of anybody on this list, is seems like the most surefire guy right now, even though he just got his 500th career hit. He is only 23 years old and at 500 hits, not even in his prime yet. And with the way the MLB is going, where there's not going to be a lot of guys that get 200 hits or even close to that pretty consistently, I think he's one of the few guys that can. So maybe he gets the 2000 walks in his career. I think that's also a possibility too, but uh, 3000 hits Juan Soto might be the next guy. And that could be probably in like 2036. So (laughs) we'll see how far that goes. Uh, So I definitely had to take in Mickey's 3000s because I knew that wasn't going to happen for a while. 
go ahead and talk about the White Sox now. They're struggling pretty hard right now. Let me go ahead and pull up their exact record. I think they're either six and nine or six and ten right now, but they're struggling. Losers of seven in a row, I'm pretty sure. So does this struggle for the White Sox and all these injuries as well? I know Giolito's coming or just came back, but Lance Lynn, Eloy Jimenez, who just tore his hamstring, all those guys being out, does that make them not the favorite in the AL Central? I don't think I could ever count out Chicago. The lineup is just so much better than everybody in their division this year. But I think we should definitely watch out for Minnesota. We're getting prime Buxton back finally. Luis uh, Arias is killing it right now. The rotation's on fire. So I think this is the only team that's going to be even close to them this year. I'm going to go ahead and say it doesn't make them the favorite. I, th- I think uh, the Twins, with how they're playing right now and just what they did to the White Sox over this past weekend, I know it's super, super early in the season, but if Byron Buxton stays healthy, I mean, Rocco Baldelli said it best. I don't think he is the best player in all of baseball when he's healthy, but he's probably top 10 guy up there. So we got a healthy Byron Buxton. Yeah. I think that the Twins can definitely go ahead and win this division. And White Sox are struggling, man. They they can't seem to do a lot of things right. They're not scoring runs at all. Liam Hendricks has been terrible when they do have the lead. So it's it's kind of rough to see when we get there, uh, especially a guy like Liam Hendricks. We like to see him do well. But I think the Twins can go ahead and win this division. And as of right now, I'm going to go ahead and say they're the favorite. One team that's reigned terror over the AL West over the past 10 years, or the team that's reigned terror over the yeah. AL West over the past 10 years, has been the Astros. I'm not sure the exact count of them winning the division, but it seems every single year they're right near the top. And right as of where we sit right now, I know it's, again, super, super early. They're, they sit fourth in the division. They just lost a game to the Texas Rangers, who are last in the division right now. But there's two teams above them that really stand out, obviously, and that's the Angels and the Mariners. Is the Astros' long terror over this AL West finally coming to an end? I'm going to say right now they don't win the West this year. The big guys are slumping. Tucker, Altuve, Erquity, the bullpen so far. But again, I can't count them out yet. Usually the lineup gets insanely hot around June. And unlike some teams like like St. Louis or or San Diego, or some of the other teams that, Atlanta, that don't get insanely hot until around that time, they never really cool off after that, after the slow start. So uh, they don't win the division, but I I can't count out the terror. They're still going to terrorize everybody, I'm sure, from a wild card spot. Yeah, I I really want to say it's over, just because of how, how fun the Mariners are to watch right now. But then again... Well, I think it was 2019. I'm pretty sure where the the Mariners won like 87 games or whatever it was, and they were like at the top of the division for a while to start the year. They were playing well through June or July, and then they had their big collapse and did what Mariners do, and they don't make the playoffs. Right now, that does not seem like it's going to be the case. So this team has the pitching, they have the bullpen, they have the hitting. And they got the stars. I mean, Ty France right now is playing like an MVP. We'll talk more if he is our MVP uh, a little bit on later into the show. 
So I'm going to go ahead and say yes. I think the, the reign of terror where they're just beating up on every single team is finally over. I think there's teams that can play up to their standard pretty consistently. I think the Angels are a solid squad as well. They've kind of surprised me so far with how good their bats have been outside of the, the big three of Otani, Trout, and Rendon. So I'm going to say yes, and I'm hopefully going to keep my answer like that because I would be just fine with the Astros not being as good as they've been in the past 10 years. On to the NL side. This is the first time we've talked about a National League team right now. I believe there is three or four teams on pace to win 100-plus games right now in the NL. Once it's all said and done, though, how many teams in the NL do you think are going to win triple-digit games? I think the Dodgers and the Mets, as of right now, are the safest bets. But I throw in San Francisco. You know, they score a whole lot of runs and don't give up a whole lot of runs. Um, so that usually wins you a lot of baseball games. I don't really trust anybody else right now. So I'll uh, maybe not even the Mets either. But as of today, I'll go with those three. I'm going to go with two. I'm going to go with the Dodgers and the Mets. Those two teams right now seem like the best teams in all of baseball. They, they're doing everything right. And I know the Giants have been really, really good as well. But, I mean, just something about that team, it just doesn't seem like it can maintain throughout 162. I mean, then again, said it all last year, even once they won 107 games, that it didn't seem like they could keep that throughout. Maybe they do. But as of right now, I'm going to go with the safe side of saying the Mets and the Dodgers are the only two teams to win 100 games in the NL. It's always fun to talk about early season MVPs, and it's never too early to give your picks on who it is, even if it's just one game through. So we're going to give each league's MVP right now. Skyler, who is your American League MVP? All right. Uh, my preseason pick was Vladimir Guerrero Jr. I still don't think it's too far off, but the season ended today. My MVP has got to be Ty France. We talked about him. He's got identical numbers to J-Ram. He's literally put the Mariners in first place by winning multiple games on his own. Uh, you know, 375 average, five homers, ridiculous on base. It's got to be Ty France right now. Yeah, I'm going with Ty France as well. This dude's been on an absolute tear to start the season. Him 373, up to 20 RBIs. Him and J-Ram are the only two guys that have gone into the 20 so far. And he's got another home run over uh, J-Ram where he's – France has five and J-Ram has four. I don't know how consistent Ty France will be. We'll see how that, obviously, how that goes throughout the season. But right now, the right answer has got to be Ty France. Onto the NL. All right. Uh, this one, I went with Matt Olson preseason. Again, I think it's a great pick, but the season ended today. Got to make a different pick here. I'm going with Max Scherzer and four starts with the Mets this year. 3-0 and with a 1-8 ERA. That's the second best. 33 strikeouts. That's tied for the best. You know, obviously the MVP winner is not always and usually won't be from the first place team. But in a small sample size like this, these are the only guys producing. So, again, it's it's the best player, I think, on the best team in baseball right now. So, going with Max Scherzer. Yeah, that, that's a good choice there. Uh, there's a few guys that come to mind for the end. I don't think it's as clear as, as a Ty France or a J-Ram and the AL. 
And my choice, it comes down to either Nolan Arenado or surprisingly Jazz Chisholm. And I'm going to go with Jazz Chisholm because he's off to a blazing start right now. And his personality is fun to watch as well. Four homers, four stolen bases already in 300. OPS over one or 1,000, I guess, in that case as well. Uh, and Miami isn't doing that bad to start the season. I Then again, also, we don't really see that you have to be that great team to go ahead and get the MVP and MLB, just Mike Trout, just like in all of his seasons yeah. uh, with the Angels. So I'm going to go with Jazz Chisholm. If he ends up staying in that race, I'll be shocked just because I think it's going to be hard for him to keep up, especially in a park like Miami. He's already got a couple triples, though, so maybe that's going to go ahead and help him there. But I'd love to see Jazz Chisholm be be a superstar guy for that squad in Miami. All right. Let's go to halftime. Skyler, right. I'll, I'll yes. let you take it all with okay. the NFL draft spots. I haven't been paying attention too much because it's the Raiders picking at 86. Yeah. So this is all fair. you, my man. Okay, we'll start it off with uh, with the top pick here. Okay, Jacksonville picking number one again, and there's a lot of question marks, but it seems like some things are becoming a little more clear here. What we know so far is that the owner, Shad Khan, he wants Aiden Hutchinson. The coaching staff and all of the players, and of course, Trevor Lawrence, they want an offensive lineman, probably Sticky Icky Iquanu, to protect the future. But the GM, Trent Balky, he wants the rising star Trayvon Walker, the edge oh, rusher yeah. from Georgia. And all of the, uh, the odds on betting, it's pointing towards Trayvon Walker. And I got to say, I probably wouldn't do this. <laughs> I think he, it's insane to not take the, the tackle here in this situation. I think Trayvon should be a fine player. Um, you know, he, he's got the size to, to be the next Daniil Hunter. Uh, and, and again, I don't think he would be a complete bust either, too, if he if he hits his floor. It's uh, just a little confusing this year, especially in a year where it's not a great year to have a top 10 pick because the real value comes from picks 15 to 60 this year. Uh, the one thing with Jacksonville, though, is I think they're going to go Trayvon Walker because if Trayvon Walker is a bust then Shad Khan has uh, no blood on his hands. You know, he could easily clean house again because it wasn't his pick. But interesting. That's that's a weird way to look at it. I feel like that like little feel of like the passive aggressiveness when it comes to that would be interesting. And especially seeing Trayvon Walker. I mean, you look at it like a month ago, like this dude wasn't even – close to being that number one pick even conversation and now to see that a lot of people are mocking him to be that number one spot is pretty crazy to me mm. well Kayvon Thibodeau was in that conversation earlier in the year now not so much some questions about his character he loves crypto more than he loves football um, and a lot of teams have been saying very bad things about him I think this is trying to get him to fall to a team you like think he you yeah. think he could drop to 86? Absolutely not. <laughs> Damn it. No. Um, his average right now, his average spot is uh, four and a half. And I think that's about right. I think he's either going to the Jets or Giants here. I think we're seeing maybe uh, some Falcons or Seahawks, you know, picking nine and ten. Uh, writers, you know, with some smoke screen here because they want him to fall. And I would be glad to take Kayvon Thibodeau off their hands. 
I think he's going to either the Jets or the Giants. You have anything to say about that? I ain't got nothing. All right. All right. Uh, probably the most uh, important position in football is the quarterback. Yeah, I'd say that's, that's pretty – probably the most valuable <laughs> spot on the field. It's a weird yeah. year for those guys, though, because there's, there's not a – there's no real order. And even to go back to the edge rushers, there's no clear order of who are the top five edge rushers, who are the top five quarterbacks. No one even knows. That's what, what makes this draft so weird. Um, and my prediction for the quarterbacks is I think we do get a decent amount go in the first two rounds, maybe even three or four in the first round. Today, the Panthers GM said he wants to draft a quarterback. But I think what people are missing here is – a lot of these teams, the Lions, the Seahawks, the Colts, they have early second-round picks. You could even throw in uh, – I don't even know. I, I, maybe not the Titans, but uh, even Washington. You know, a team that, that doesn't really have a guy who we know is going to be there for more than two years. I can see them trading up late in the first round to take a guy, snag that fifth-year option on them. Because that's that's so much cheaper than going out and uh, and trying to find a, another Carson Wentz rental, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Uh, so you gotta find your franchise guy at some point. You know, it, it's going to be Desmond Ritter, Matt Corral, even uh, our guy from Nevada, huh. um, Carson Strong, Sam Howell from North Carolina. Uh, these guys are are going to go, I think, between twenty and forty, and uh, that could help maybe the Jets out. You know, a team who picks a lot in the second round. If quarterbacks start flying off the board, then mm-hmm. we could go take some uh, some skill. Basically, the, those are guys that aren't even on your big board. So yeah. it's just like, okay, like it just gives you a free free slot lower into a pick. And uh, that's that's pretty much all the all the big headlines here. Because, like I said, we don't know anything. Exactly. A we lot of unknown, anything. which is is cool, but it also makes it kind of frightening. You know, I I see. Or if I was a fan of a team that had a pick high like the Jets were, you guys just don't really know what's going to be there. there. There's a whole bunch of different combinations of what could happen and what will happen. So we'll see how it goes. And uh, hopefully Skeller's happy after picks 4 and 10 and 31 and whatever picks you guys got. So And, you know, I just want to reiterate, just because Trayvon Walker – or Aiden Hutchinson go number one. That doesn't mean they're Miles Garrett. Okay. It's not a top heavy draft. Everybody don't freak out. All right. I'm not, I'm not not freaking out. Let's talk about some basketball. How about that? Yeah. Let's let's get back to where's your head at. Uh, I'm going to talk about some things that might happen, but we're going to see what's more likely in each of our minds. Uh, the Pelicans beating the Suns, which would be the nine seed being the one seed. That would be the first time that has ever happened in the history of the NBA because nine seeds have never made the playoffs until now. Uh, or the T-Wolves being the Grizzlies. As of right now, let me pull up the score. Timberwolves are up by three going yeah. into halftime in about three minutes or so. So if that game, that's game five in that series. So whoever wins that game takes the lead there. So what do you think is more likely to happen? The Pels being the Suns or the T-Wolves being the Grizzlies? I, I think there's a complete different level of intensity from Minnesota. 
I know Phoenix has been struggling a lot, but it seems more internal, like the chemistry's off, then they're being outworked here. And I'm going to keep saying it uh, until, until we get there. I'm taking Phoenix until they lose. I just trust them more. That's fair. That's definitely fair. I definitely think the T-Wolves being the Grizzlies is definitely more likely. Mm. I was a guy who just two weeks ago said that the Clippers were going to beat the Grizzlies in a series. Obviously, that matchup never even happened. But what we're looking at right now, I mean, I felt like I'm I'm not tripping about that. Where the Grizzlies, I don't know if it's the Timberwolves being that just scary team where they can just go ahead and go on a run and score a whole bunch of points. But the Grizzlies, they don't look composed in the playoffs. They don't look like a calm team that's been there before for the exact reason that they have not been there before. Like I was saying just months, months, weeks ago, experience in the playoffs is such a big thing. And if you don't have that experience, you don't see those teams that just get in the playoffs and win. You don't see that. You have these years where you're going to get beat and knocked around and upset early or whatever it may be. Like the Warriors had those years against the Clippers. The Bucks had those years before against whatever Eastern Conference team. The Suns are a little bit of an alien uh, when it comes to that, though, because they added a 37-year-old point guard who's one of the best point guards of all time. So I feel like that is a little bit different when it comes to that. But with the Grizzlies roster just being on a normal escalation of, oh, you got your big draft pick and year three is the year when you guys start hitting it off and making it into the playoffs – I, you definitely see that that year or two gap where they're just not quite there yet. They're a good regular season team, but they're not quite there yet. So I definitely think the more likely option is the T-Wolves taking down the Grizzlies. Mm-hmm. With the Suns and the Grizzlies both tied 2-2 in their series right now, there is one Western Conference team that sits in a pretty good spot. And that's the dubs right now. They're up three, one over the nuggets. It seems all likelihood that the Warriors are going to go ahead and win game five at home tomorrow. Uh, just with how the game four played out and how good the nuggets had to play to even win that game by two, mm-hmm. three points uh, as it was at the end there. So do you think the dubs are the best team in the Western conference right now? Like I said, I I'm going to trust Phoenix until I can't trust them anymore. Um, I think the Warriors are are pretty hot right now, but there's a couple things that scare me that I want to talk about. They always have a game where either Steve Kerr has a terrible rotation that pisses everybody off. Draymond or Clay have four early fouls, or they try to go for the kill and they end up turning the ball over like crazy. Uh, This all happened on game four, but unfortunately with the Warriors, sometimes they're spread apart different games and that could put you down two or three games easily if it's a back-to-back-to-back situation with these three problems. Uh, so that we should watch out for. That's fair. That's fair. I think I think it's definitely time to say that the Warriors are, are, are the best in the West right now, especially with Devin Booker out. I think it's, it's pretty clear to me right now, especially if the Timberwolves go ahead and beat the Grizzlies too, where the Warriors would go ahead and play that Timberwolves team Mm. in the next round. I think that would be helpful. How much, how much energy these two teams in in the Timberwolves and the Grizzlies are expending in this series. I think it's going to be very, very tough for them to just go ahead and bounce back and play an experienced team like the dubs. So when we get into a fully healthy series, maybe if it's a Western conference finals between the Suns and 
the Dubs, maybe the Dubs aren't the best team in the West. But where we're sitting at right now with Devin Booker's injury and the state of the series with the, the Pelicans and the Suns, we'll obviously see how game five goes tonight. I think it's it's pretty tough to not say that the Dubs are the best team in the West right now. Oh, oh so, I mean, we haven't mentioned them at all, but the Jazz and the Mavs, we both know that those teams aren't. Let's take a second here. The, how weird is this series? <laughs> the the Jazz Mavs one, that one? Yeah. That's it's it's just the Jazz just being bad. I think that's They're all gonna it is. They're going to blow it up for sure, right? The Jazz being the Jazz, uh, I think, yeah, the blow-up talk is something that we'll talk more about once we hit the offseason, yeah, obviously, yeah, yeah. and we actually see stuff go by and rumors float, float around. I think seeing Donnie in New York would be fun because I know he's a Mets fan, and I know he's fr- from New York, I'm pretty sure, so I think him in a Knicks jersey would be pretty cool. Him in a Jets jersey uh, would be pretty cool, too. Uh, and then as far as Gobert goes... He's a weird guy. I don't really know where he would go. I see, I've seen stuff with Charlotte being a possible destination for him. They take him French uh, guys. <laughs> but as far as just the Jazz in general, like that, that team's a mess. It's a complete regular season team. Uh, they even were the one seed, I think, just a few years ago. Yeah, maybe even last year. And they, I mean, this, they, they just weren't it. So. Yeah, both of those teams, regardless, I think are probably going to be out once it gets to the Western Conference Finals. Maybe not, though. If the Pelicans win the series and then have to play the Mavericks, who knows? Yeah, we'll, that we'll would see be very helpful. When we get there. Uh, <laughs> uh, but let's go ahead and get to our bets and our bull predictions. Labs and bull predictions before we go ahead and get on out of here. Uh, where last week I had a bad week. Skyler got one of its picks right. And then. Probably going to get the second pick right as well. Uh, I had the White Talks over Cleveland on Thursday. That did not happen. Uh, that was a rough one. I don't remember the final score there, but it was not good. And then Skyler had Milwaukee winning the series over the Bulls. Series is still going on. Believe, we didn't calculate. <laughs> yeah, it, it's tough to some of these games sometimes with how spread out they are this year. But uh that's that's going to happen. I don't think there's really any chance, especially with Zach Levine being put into health and safety protocols, that there's a chance that the Bulls go ahead and come back in that one. Yeah. For my layup this week, I said dubs in five. That just means that the Warriors are going to win tomorrow, and I think that's what's going to happen. Skyler, what do you got, uh, as well as the Milwaukee-Chicago? Yeah, yeah I'm, keeping, I'm keeping Milwaukee-Chicago along for the third week in a row. Can we please not go to seven games so I can have this green next week? Uh, and then I'm going to go with Phoenix with the win over New Orleans for the series. Um, like I've been saying, this is what Phoenix has been training for all year. All the the role players know what to do now. Uh, they should be comfortable with more minutes and should at least get them through the first round. Yeah, I'm actually pretty excited for that game five tonight. I think that's going to be a pretty good yeah. game. Uh, going back to Phoenix there, obviously not at a so we'll see how that goes and then we get to bold predictions i had milwaukee sweeping philly i believe they still won the series in philly but uh didn't sweep them so that's tough and Skyler had seattle sweeping kansas city thank you that Ty did France. happen the mayors are rolling Ty france is going off uh and then we get to this week and my bold prediction is the pelicans take down the suns because I would love to yeah. see it happen. Yeah. 
Uh, I'm going to go with baseball again for the bowl prediction. Another sweep going with the Colorado Rockies on fire, playing at home at course against the Reds, the worst team in the MLB. Uh, I like the odds. That's pretty much it with this one. When you uh, when you get a good line, you should attack it. That's what I'm doing here. That's not a bad idea. That's going to do it, though, for today's episode. Pretty quick episode. Yeah. But pretty jam-packed. Talked about a lot of things. Talked about the playoffs in the NBA. Uh, Start of the MLB season, obviously. The NFL draft is going on. Uh, Did everything like we usually do. We got it done pretty efficiently today. So virtual high five to you, Skyler. Yes, sir. Boom. Damn. Uh, Draft on Thursday. First round grades on Friday. Let's do it. And Ace Giants this week. That's true. That's true. Yeah. And any any closing words for you? I think that's about it. Go Ace. Go Raiders. Go, go Dubs. Go Dubs. Go Warriors. Go Joe Douglas. Let's get Devo. Good night.